This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1 and there's great value for you at even that level. So please join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. Our heroes' myriad investigations raised questions about the disappearance of Benny Jones until their paths crossed at the offices of the Helmfirth Globe. It was there they made a gruesome discovery, the severed hand of Benny clutching a mysterious note. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. The year is 1915. It is one month before the fire that will change everything. And the mystery punchers find themselves on the rare case of Dr. Skeleton, Ph.D. Now, Sally Harris was very excited to tell you guys about this uh, because she'd heard word that there might be a spooky skeleton running th- something downtown. None of you had the heart to tell her that it was called a skeleton because Sally was so sure and so earnest about it being a skeleton that you all just kind of decided to go with it. Now, when Sally told you about this, she burst into your hideout. Um, Red, then you were still going by Tracy. What was the hideout, do you think, for the Mystery Punchers? What was your childhood hideout? Oh, 1,000% a treehouse. Yeah, it was a treehouse? Yeah. 
so diesel uh back then you were still a little added diesel boy genius um what do you think you added to the treehouse to make it just like was it like a again keep in mind that it's like 1915 um what did you add i imagine that at this point you were kind of like um uh, data from the Goonies, like you're just adding random tech shit. So, what, what do you think? You, you what was your your touch that you added to this house? I think we were hooked into the Telegram line, so I could decode or add Morse code messages into the system. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say that uh, part and parcel with that, you've got like um, like laundry lines up inside that are just covered in like various Telegram missives. <laughs> like none of them are for you, but you've all tried to to try and figure things out from them. Um, and I think maybe that was Benny's job. Benny's job was to keep track of them all. And he did it in kind of like, I, I kind of think of it both because he's a, a journalist and just in general, um, I think Benny's a little bit like Jimmy Olsen where like the fun for him is just being part of the adventure with you. So he filed them, he hung them up. Uh, he tried to like group them by theme. So it was like love letters, basic, you know, I'm coming over on a steamship, make room, um, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, I think um, for Sally, Sally tried to keep the place equipped. So she would, you know, she had, um, there's like a cistern that would catch water. Um, she had like uh, sort of a rotating series of just like gross sandwiches she could like sc- scrounge from her house. Um, but she wanted to make sure that if this was going to be the clubhouse, that it felt like a fully equipped base. Um, Red, what was your touch, do you think, other than than probably uh, bossing everyone into into this treehouse in the first place? I think I've put up like 1915, like like any sort of cool posters that I okay, found so up like around town. Okay, so like probably World War I, like buy your bonds. Yes. Like punch a kraut. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> so you've got a bunch of weird propaganda posters. Yeah, from World and like War mystery I. novels and stuff like that. Great. That great. Yeah. 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 So there's some like pulp things up. Yeah, that's very fun. Um, does the clubhouse have a name, or is it just the clubhouse? Ooh, uh, it's okay if it doesn't. Um, it's, it's called the shoe. No, the punch. <laughs> it's called the. It's called the punch house. Oh yeah, the punch oh, house. That's pretty good. Um, all right, so um, Sally arrives with news that um, apparently uh, on the edge of town there is um, an old abandoned uh, apothecary shop. Um, that uh, rumor has it, Doctor Skeleton is working out of a skeleton doctor. Um, so. I'll tell you that um, whenever any news of some, such a thing comes to you, your first instinct is always to go ask old man Richter, who, again, I should point out at this point, is do like some quick 40. Math he's not, uh, or, no, no, you're not 40. He'd be like 55. 55. So he's really not that old, but to you guys, he's ancient. Oh, yeah. He's um, bald. He's basically a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before you do that, uh, I just kind of want to hear... Um, just to, to get kind of the flavor of it, what do you think uh, Red and um, Adrian at this point in his life, what is their reaction when new, a new mystery, a new case comes across their desk? Like, what's what's the immediate reaction? Sally comes in. She's super excited. She's a little scared, a little nervous. Um, and she's like, we, we, we got we to gotta go tell old man Richter. He'll know what to do. We got to stop this Dr. Skeleton. And you can see uh, little Benny Jones just, like, rubbing his hands together, like, looking back and forth. Like, if ever the term scamp was to be applied to someone, <laughs> it's it's little Benny Jones. Uh, so if this was a Telltale game and we were picking our character, he looks back and forth between um, Addy and uh, and Red. Uh, what, are you, what are your respective reactions, both internal and external, whatever is, is most applicable to you? I think uh, I think Red is going to immediately, like, shuffle through all of her mystery novels and, like, see if she can find any that have skeletons in it. And, like, she's going to... Immediately grab her backpack, stick the books in her backpack, um, grab, you know, her mystery solving kit that has maybe like a spyglass and like all that kind of stuff in it, put it in the backpack as well and uh, like put that backpack on. Do you think Red had a weapon at this point? It wouldn't be a real weapon, but like, yeah, it would be like a stick or something. Okay, yeah. That she's whittled herself. Okay, cool. So it's like really shitty shillelagh. It's just like a, just a <laughs> stick that she's carved the, like the sticky bits off of. Yeah. All right. I like that a lot. Um, all right. And Ryan, what do you think uh, Addie's reaction to this is? Mainly reading. Uh, I think it's just going back to books, collecting books that may have mentioned skeletons or other obscure things. Uh, I don't have a weapon. I would just have a collection of books that could all help me learn at various moments. However, I would take glasses because I am desperate to be taken seriously. I am probably wearing like a a 13-year-old's version of like a tweed jacket professor outfit from that era with like perfectly parted hair. 
Uh, and one of my other theories that I've discovered through general conversation is if you wear glasses, people are less likely to hit you in the face. Okay, so uh, I think you have a like a, a worn and like vaguely stained copy of Grey's Anatomy. Um, yep, I believe that. You, you, you scrounged from like a hospital dumpster or something. I stole it in the name of science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, and I think that's probably your, uh, I, I feel like such a, a weighty tome, particularly like, you know, early 1900s, like large books are, are not common. So yeah. I think this is like a prized possession. Uh, and I'm curious to hear if you think you still have it, but we'll get to that later. I think probably not, but anyway. Um, okay, so you've got your glasses. You've got your tweed jacket that, again, is like very, like probably too small. Was it too small or too big for you? You're a big guy. I feel like it was a jacket that would be too big on anyone it's else like an in my grade, jacket. but for me okay, it works. Yeah, yeah. So like the, the cuffs are a little long. Yeah, my dad wasn't that big, but my mom was huge. Um, great. So uh, Benny looks to uh, Tracy and Adrian, and he says, okay, so... So, guys, you ready? We're going to go solve the case? And Sally, like, visibly has an intake of breath, like, because <gasps> she's not sure. She's not sure what the reaction is going to be. It's okay, Sally. I'll punch it. <sighs> I know you will. How about you, Addie? Well, as you all know, uh, <laughs> he went through puberty very early, so he's always trying to sell yeah, like yeah, a yep. As you all know, this is another chance for us to find something abstract and terrifying that can help us <laughs> remove society from Plato's cave. And Benny, uh, from the background, is just like, strange and mysterious. Uh, and he, he, I think he, like, claps his hands on your back and kind of, like, jumps up on your shoulder. Like, not quite on your shoulders, but kind of in, like, a like an unwanted piggyback. And he's like, let's go punch some mysteries. Now, now, Benny, backs are for book bags. Uh, <laughs> like, help him down. Get my book bag. Don't oh. worry, guys. I'll protect all of you. Uh, and he, he looks at the two of you, and he's like, oh, Addy. Never change. Um, and uh, the four of you set off. So uh, here's the next most important question. Now, again, keeping in mind, early 1900s. Um, what are your vehicles? Do you walk? Uh, do you have, like, one bike between you? Is it... It wouldn't be scooters. I don't think those existed in... That yeah, early... Razor scooters. Yeah. I have a yeah, bike. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> red. You're a fucking Segway. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's... Okay, so... Um, I probably, like, attached spikes to it or something like that. Like a kid's version of spikes, though. Okay. Uh, ooh, ooh. All right. Um... Red, do you think you have any siblings? I didn't imagine that you did, but no. now I'm curious. No? Okay. All right. So is this bike uh, a parent's bike that they've gifted you, or is this something they built for you after painstakingly saving? Ooh. Either option is full of emotional weight. I'm just curious <laughs> exactly. as to which one you prefer. Um, I don't think my family was, like, super wealthy. So let's say that... Yeah, for, that, that for tracks, emotional weight, let's say that they, they worked hard to get me this bike. Yeah, that, that tracks, too, in terms of, like, kind of your future life of being kind of scrappy and a self-starter, that they would kind of, like, maybe piece it together with, like, broken bits of bikes um, and save the money to, to kind of have it done. Um, so is, is the bike called Red at this point, do you think? I like that. All right, cool. So yeah. uh, you mount up on red, and I think it's a little bit like a, a lord leading a bunch of peasants on a charge. Uh, oh, the rest yeah. of you are like running along beside. I ride one handed, and like one hand's on the the, uh, the handlebars, and the other is like full on my stick cane outstretched. <laughs> okay, amazing. Um, Addy, how good are you at running? I'm. Uh, not great would be the short answer. Like I think it's it's a I, it would be called loping at best, and perhaps uh, dumpily humping along might be more accurate. Okay, dumpily so I, th I think humping. in the most like dramatic possible way, I think Sally's able to keep up okay, but still not great. This is one of those classic like moments of freedom in like a, a kids movie where like one person like really like takes off on a bike and everyone runs behind them screaming. Except that um, after that moment wears off, it's like. <laughs> you're I'm just Red, you're No, you're constantly stopping to let them catch up and then doing it again. Yeah, it's that <laughs> classic shot where like everything is slow motion and beautiful, That's and then exactly. it just cuts to real time. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys, catch up. Um, and uh, so, um, kind of in fits and starts, uh, you make your way down onto Main Street, and uh, one of the kind of newest and most exciting shops in town uh, to all of you that it took years and years and years to build up the confidence to boot open the door to is, of course, Helmforth Curiosities. And um, you arrive uh, to find um, old man Richter um, setting up something new in the window. Uh, Tyler, what do you think is, is like the new showpiece that you've just received? What's, what's the thing that you want to put in that front window? Um, probably something 
something to like uh, allure people and, and, and bring them into the shop. Cause I think I'm at this point, I'm still trying to have kind of an honest go of it with this business. So I think it's not necessarily something that I think is interesting or, or put much uh, credence in, but something that I know people that I don't know about the occult will be very interested in like coming in to see. Maybe it's okay. like a twisty dagger or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say, what does old man Richter think other people like? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's exactly. It, it's, it, it's just like a, like like a, almost like a cigar box, but like all the like advertising around is like the mystery box and stuff like that. <laughs> the box of puzzles and queries and things like that. I, fuck, man. I so I love it's uh, a box of spoons. Gravity Falls so much, oh, yeah? and this is giving me solid uh, Grunkle Stan vibes. If you haven't seen Gravity Falls, no, I don't even know what I'm referencing. Oh, right sir, now. No, I'm aware of Gravity amazing. Falls, but I haven't seen it. Uh, Gravity Falls, uh, despite being like a kids' cartoon show, yeah. is perhaps one of the greatest works of art I've ever seen. Dang, okay. um, he built the entire series. Brief non secretary built the entire series because he's like, as a kid who shot Mr. Burns, captivated me more than anything else in my <laughs> life. And then I started watching Lost, and I'm like, this would be great if they knew where they were going. So he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do that for kids. So it's two seasons long. The entire thing is one mystery. Oh. Uh, it takes place over a summer, and it's amazing. But there's cool. an old man who runs a, it's called the Mystery Spot, and mm. it's just full of bullshit. Okay. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, look at this. It's a, it's a stick, but ooh. So yeah, so it's a bar, it's a cigar yeah. box yeah. full it's of spoons. It's a cigar box full of spoons, yeah. And imagine like tiny teaspoons. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's you setting that up, and I feel and like. I'm hand twisting the spoons. <laughs> They're like mangled, but like you could see me catch me in the back every now and again, just grunting over a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say rather than you putting it in the front window, you've just put it in the front window, then you've had to turn back because you found one straight spoon, and that simply won't do. So they walk in. Uh, to see you hunched over um, twisting a spoon. Um, what do you think old man Richter dresses like back in the day? Is it the same as how he dresses now? These could actually be the same clothes. <laughs> um, they're just, at this point, I think they're finer because they're newer. But what, what are yeah. you thinking? Um, Keeping think, in mind, I this think, is pre-fire. Yeah, I think just the attire of the day, probably a, a, a nice enough suit. You know, the kind of sure. suit that you yeah, would yeah. wear if you're going out in public, right? You, you need to kind of look uh, look decent. So, yeah, yeah, suit. Um and uh, he's inside, so he's not wearing a hat, but he's got a hat on a on a, on a hat rack sure. um, by the door. Um, and at this point, uh, just as a reminder to you, Tyler, um, he's got a bow tie. Great, say yeah, nice. Um, yeah, we'll say it's like a, a a worn but in a classy way bow tie. So it's yeah. not like uh, from lack of care. It's actually just like a possibly a handed. It's his down. only bow tie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we haven't talked too much about Richter's backstory. Um, when do you think he left Germany? I think. Probably as a teenager. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I imagine then that this was the bow tie he, maybe it was like his father's, but like this is the thing he brought with him. Ah, great. Okay. Um, I'll also just remind you as a role play note uh, that pre-fire, he's a little more together Mm -hmm. um, just as a general, a general thing. Um, So uh, Richter, you are, uh, if we switch to your point of view, um, you're currently trying to uh, quietly bend a spoon away from the window um, when... Uh, the little owl bell over your door mm-hmm. rings and you hear the the trademark like <laughs> of um, little Tracy Jones crashing her bike in because I don't feel like Tracy's a stop and get off the bike. I feel like Tracy's a nope. I hop off the bike and the bike stops itself. Sure. Um, so the mystery punchers have arrived on your doorstep uh, with news of, of a new breaking mystery. Uh, they've heard that there might be a skeleton doctor working at the apothecary shop on the edge of town called Dr. Skeleman. So do I know anything off the top of my head about the apothecary shop on the outside of town and what they might be talking about? Um, like, is this something I can debunk right away? It's just like, oh, it's a, it's an anatomy skeleton. So you can been in the window me. for ages. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking children, get a job. Uh, can you roll me a, uh, I'll take a medicine check. Uh, I'll take a history check. Um, I'd say history probably. Yeah, that'd be fine. So that's uh, 20. And what's my threshold? Oh, 75. So, so actually, I'm under 37 as well. So that would be a hard, hard yeah. success? Yeah. Okay, cool. So the hard success, I'm going to say um, you do know that there is an abandoned po- apothecary shop in the edge mm-hmm. of town. Um, I think in terms of the way... Um, do you think, I, I, I'm kind of imagining you, you didn't open the store too long ago here. I think that's kind of a fun place to live. If yeah, that's yeah. cool with you. So, um, you're still getting a, a, a taste of this town. Um, and I think in the same way that, uh, kids do, you're tracking this potentially spooky places, um, the way you would 
things. You haven't heard about the Corbett House yet, but mm. you've uh, something like a closed down apothecary does seem rife for like yeah. possibly evil, and even just like things. the jars of whatever that might be left behind. Like that stuff would look great in my shop. Yeah, so let's say, um, I think at this point it's pretty new, but you have, like, a map of town that you've been, like, painstakingly making. Maybe the kids have been helping you out by, like, pointing out cool places that they know. Mm. Um, That's kind of, like, the secret fun thing that you can show them and you can all agree on. It also means that if you just need to get them out of your hair, you can just send them to a place that they think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But the apothecary shop you are actually very curious about because there's probably some cool stuff in there. Um, And also... I mean, you've read about the necromantic arts. It's entirely possible that uh, someone with a grasp of science could have come back. Yeah, um, okay. So I think this piques your interest uh, enough so that you don't immediately tell them to just shut up and go home. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, excuse me. So uh, mystery punchers, what do you think you would come to old man Richter to ask about? Um, Keeping in mind, he's kind of your Giles at this point. I was going to say, what's your last name, Richter? Uh, we, we've established previously that it's currently only Richter. That's yeah. all we know. So the, his last name is Richter. Cool. Mr. Richter, Mr. Richter. Uh, hello, children. Hello. How are you today? We got something scary for you. She just bypasses that. And Sally's entirely. like, it's super scary. But, but I'm not afraid. No, she's not afraid. And she's going to punch it. She told me so. I'm oh. going to stick it. And she's like, going to stick wave it. Wave my stick around in the middle of the shop. That's news to me, but it's also really cool. Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> oh, she's so cool. It's a pleasure to see you, Mr. Richter. I will uh, help you with this uh, spoon over here. And then I just, like, bend the spoon for you instantly. And I'm like, so we've, uh, much like the Hamlet on his journey and also Romeo and Juliet, they're a collection of apothecaries who, as we know, deal in death and life and somewhere in between. And then Betty's uh, just like, death. <laughs> thank you very much, Benny. Uh, you are Gonna welcome. punch a ghost. Technically a skeleton, but there would have to be a ghost within the skeleton animating it. I believe it's pronounced it. Skeleman. Skeleman. My apologies. Incorrect, but colloquial. Uh, Mr. Richter, there's a skeleton. And we're going to punch it. Unless it is our friend. And stick it, unless it's our friend. Well, it sounds like you have this whole operation covered. Um, what can I help you with? How do you tell if a skeleton is your friend? It is very hard. They don't have traditional facial expressions. Uh, you can't see them smile. Most of them, uh, I don't know if it can talk or not. However, uh, from what I've heard of Skeleman, my guess is that was not its introductory name. Hmm. Allow me to consult my occult texts and I'll just like oh, dramatically so cool. like run my finger this. along the spines of some books and shit. I've got a very important question for you, Tyler. Are you actually going to check occult texts or are you just putting on a show for the kids? Uh, or is it both? It can be both. I mean, the books that I have are like books on the occult. <laughs> so I'll pull one out, and um, but I am like handing yep. it up for them. All right. So can you roll me an occult check, please? And I'll give you a bonus die. So uh, you can roll your second dice twice. So the single digit one, not the percentile one? Oh, that doesn't make much sense now, does it? Uh, you want me to roll twice, like with advantage? Sure. Let's do that. I don't think that's how it works in this game, but uh, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that is a, ooh, it's not great. It's a 78, but my occult is pretty good. Oh, 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 occult is 90. So okay, I, so I do a yeah, regular don't, success. Don't bother rolling, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, you, you find a book, and I think it's like, do you think your interest in occult leans more folktale? Does it lean more medical? I mean, you're in the early 1900s, and it's kind of circa World War One. so there's some, like, truly odd books on... Uh, psychology and everything else starting to come out. Where, where do you think your, your interest lies? I it can be everything if you wanted. I think curious. it's becoming like a gradient. Like I came from a place of rich history and folk tale, right? And, and um, while America is pretty well established at this point, um, a lot of the occult stuff is new. It's not from the old country. It's from like you know new collective consciousness is coming up with stories and mm-hmm. sightings and things like that uh fear of a different kind of unknown that kind of thing yeah so i think it's a it's a mix of like whenever something that reminds me of home comes up that's always a nice feeling and, and something that i feel like i'm almost obligated to like look into and comment on but when something new comes up mm. um like ghost bandits or 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 uh, uh, fear of un- 
like, unfortunately for the time, like fear of like foreign influences and stuff like that. I'm more intrigued in that. So given that uh, we're dealing with skeletons, is this um, a necromantic idea for you or is this a scientific idea? Is this like a... I think it'd be more fun, like in terms of like my performance for these kids, if I pulled out something from the necromantic... Okay, cool, cool, cool. School. So um, I'm going to say you pull a... a, um, a book, uh, it's an old book uh, from old country. It took you a long time to track it down. Um, but it, it speaks, uh, it's like a European folktale um, that, that sort of speaks of like dark rituals and and, ri- and uh, kind of like uh, witches pulling off um, exotic rituals in the night. It's, it's full of those like beautiful old draw, like weird 2D drawings of mm. like, um, uh, you know, a couple of, of women pulling off what could actually look like science. Like there look to be beakers and stuff. Right, and then right. suddenly there's like a skeleton dancing amongst them. And then it's them kind of commanding the, the skeleton to help them build a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not an inherently evil story, uh, but it involves the raising of a skeleton to kind of help out. Okay. Uh, and I think what, what you remember, like, I, I know I feel this way about books. I remember from childhood, particularly myth books is like the visual of this skeleton bursting from the ground and then kind of doing the bidding of people was so compelling to you that, you, yeah. it, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy get for these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I am like dramatically like humming and hawing over this book as I run my finger down the page and I say, ah, yes. Well, according to my research, um, a skeleton can, uh, be like something of a wild animal in that it's up to you to make it your friend. Uh, young Adrian, uh, you must exert your will upon it. I can do that with sticks. All right, well, it seems... Physical force is a very popular way to exert your will upon someone. Yes! I feel like sometimes violence shouldn't be the answer, but everywhere I go in this society suggests that violence is the answer that is given, which means I've never existed in a world without it. Oh, Addy, that's just because of the war. Don't you worry. Once we put that damn Kaiser in his place... Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, Mr. Richter, I didn't mean to swear. Once we put that darn uh, darn Kaiser in his place... Oh, oh, sorry, sir, I didn't mean to insult the German people. Well, I'm Benny, just- let's, let's look a little more uh, here at home. Remember when you get the strap at school and you hate it. Should I we do. give the strap to a skeleton? Oh, well, I mean, only if it help him walk. And Sally's like, it's yes. clearly magic. Isn't that right, Tracy? Yeah. Yeah, Tracy knows. It's magic. It's magic. Well, that answers our questions, Mr. Richter. Nothing we haven't defeated before, right, guys? That's right. Uh, here's a quick question. What's our mystery puncher, like, hands-in call? Can it, be- it can literally just be like, <laughs> punch mysteries in their face. I think it should be like, punch it up. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so, uh, as always, it's, uh, it's little Benny, always little Benny Jones, who puts his fist in first. And he's like, come on, guys, let's punch, punch it, it up. up. Um, so, uh, Richter, here's a question for you. Do you think you go with them on these sorts of things? Or do you just kind of let them go? And, and no, I've got to right mind the shop at this point. Okay, so um, I'm going to say, like, I do have, like, a shopping list for them. <laughs> Amazing. All right, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say, like, um, there's kind of like a... Um, a sort of an, an odd kind of tall, um, sort of ruddy-faced uh, guy comes in, a little disheveled, uh, and he starts uh, kind of like looking at things. He's clearly just kind of a, a uh, what is it, like a, there's some t- re- tremendously dumb small-town term I heard that I love that's like, it's like a pixie looksy or something where he just like picks things up and looks at them and <laughs> puts them back looksy. down. Okay. Um, it's, it's something crazy like that, and I love it so much. So he's just like wandering around, like picking things up going, hmm. So suddenly there is another presence in the shop. So okay. uh, you do need to get to this, but uh, give the kids the, uh, your list and, and give them some advice if you got it. Uh, well, children, now that I am armed you with the knowledge on how to uh, overcome and overpower a... Uh, Possessed skeleton. If you uh, do find yourselves in the apothecary, if you wouldn't mind looking out for jars of like preserved herbs or newts or any kind of eerie substances, I would love, love, love for you to bring those back. I bet they're like severed hands and stuff, you guys. Severed hands would be, or just chef's kiss. <laughs> Benny's like, oh, man, that's really gross. I hope we don't find that. And Sally's like, it would be super interesting, though. It would be so cool. Yeah, Benny, severed hands are cool. It would also be illegal. Don't be lame. Oh, that's so you, Addy. You sure do love the law. 
I do believe the trafficking in human body parts is questionable at best. Mr. Richter, I know you don't know our laws, but it's not good to break into a building and take stuff to give to your friends. Well, it is an abandoned apothecary, and if the uh, illegal body parts were there, then the person who owns the apothecary is the one who broke the law, and you should bring it to me, a responsible adult, to decide what should be done with it. I mean, that is what you told us about those bodies in the graveyard that we got for you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, the case of the old sleepers. <laughs> they sure were <laughs> sleeping soundly. And I will look meaningfully at the pixie looksy uh, customer. Uh, it's definitely customer. not the term, but it's close to that. Yeah. I can't remember. It's the term now. Yeah. This yeah. is a small yeah. town we live in. In Humphrey, they're pixie looksies. Pixie looksies. Because yeah, they pick it up and then they look see at it. All right. Well, you better watch out for that pixie looksy, Mr. Richter. We'll, uh, we'll make our way out of here and go find those things that you want us to collect for you. Hmm. I'm picking this and now I'm looking at it. Hmm. <laughs> Bye, Mr. Richter. We'll be back when we've killed some skeletons again. Goodbye, my little kinder. Hey, friends. It's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dum-dums and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably probably not me, but like Tom. He does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, Third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at... Patreon.com slash dice. That's right, that address that I totally just said. Go there, join Dum Dums and Dice, support the show. It's going to be great. Uh, and as you go back through the door with the, the bell ringing, <laughs> Sally's like, I keep telling you, it's Skeleman. And I was going to say, and what no one has noticed, because we've had an issue with Mr. Richter before, so we get outside uh, and I go to Red. And I take out the box that has all of the bent spoons in it. And I say, sometimes we know he doesn't like to go on adventures, but whenever we steal things, he always chases us down. Uh, and I give it to her because this is how we've gotten Richter to go on adventures with us. Is He always comes to take back things we've stolen from him when he's distracted. Amazing. So I'm going to kind of hold up the box and just wait till I catch her eye in the window and just kind of hold it up and shake it okay. with this giant grin on my face. So this new customer has his back to that window. So I'm looking at him and I kind of like look through through him kind of <laughs> to like over his shoulder and I'll be something along the lines of like oh yes we just got a, a very peculiar book on I would like to pick it Shaisa <laughs> oh it, uh, uh excuse me um Shaisa was the name of a uh, uh a, a European witch Oh, um, oh yes, Shizer. Oh, I, I've got to go home and tell the wife about Shizer. Yes, you should. <laughs> uh, it is closing time, so please do come again, uh, and uh, perhaps we can talk more about Shizer in the future. <laughs> I like, okay, see well, the I, guy going, and I like wave to Red, and we, <laughs> wait, I got to start humpy dumping down the street. Oh, I'm gonna hop on my enough. bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and he does that classic asshole customer thing where the minute he's outside, he's like, "Well, I was gonna buy a lot of things, but now that it's closed, I guess I won't." Uh, and then he like kicks a can that for some reason is on the side of the street as he walks. I dropped a can. That's my can. <laughs> Come get it, Mr. Richter. Uh, he's a pixie looksy kixie. I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> a kixie looksy. Yeah. So um, sure enough. Uh, but again, in in, <laughs> in classic style, it's like you take off on the bike and everyone else is just running. <laughs> like Richter can easily catch them, but they also don't have the spoons. So um, <laughs> uh, begrudgingly, all of you. Uh, follow Tracy um, to the old apothecary shop. Uh, I think as you're walking, Sally's like, honestly, I saw at least two of my mom's spoons in there. And Benny's like, my mom doesn't believe in spoons. Uh, and Richter, I think you're, you're Dr. Grant in Jurassic Park, just like tolerating. Yeah. I yeah. grabbed my hat because it's, you don't go outside without your hat. <laughs> Come on. We live in a society. Yeah. <laughs> also, what, what happens if you want to milady someone on your way? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, eventually you make it to the edge of town, uh, just as the sun is going down. Uh, and sure enough, there is just kind of off a main road, kind of up a, a bit of a dirt path. There's, um, an old, truly, truly abandoned apothecary shop. Um, and, uh, to your surprise, Tracy, you get there first, of course, cause you're the only one with the vehicle. Um, you, you can see, uh, there seems to be like a dim, like the windows are all boarded up. Like we're talking classic abandoned shop is like an out of business sign. Um, and again, it's the war. So this isn't uncommon. Uh, a lot of people had to abandon, uh, their jobs in order to go and serve. Um, other industries just became too expensive to, to maintain with supplies being, being rationed. Um, but, uh, you can see a faint light 
moving around inside and what sounds like uh, the dragging of, of something across floorboards. Here's the question. Do you wait for your compatriots or do you bust in? Absolutely not. No, I, (laughs) I'm going to set the box of spoons down in front of like by basically by my bike. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm going to go around to each and every single window, see what I can see. And, um, as long as the thing inside doesn't look like it's actively going to murder me straight up, I'm going to go inside. Uh, okay, so I'm just looking at what kind of check that would be. Again, uh, coming from D and D land of like perception. Um, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. What uh, I could give you a listen check if you want to kind of like poke your ear up against the wall. I'm um, into that. Yeah. I got high listen. <laughs> well, great. Now that I've just given. Oh, uh, I mean, read lips is wrong too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say spot hidden or listen would be good. I'll do listen. Cool. Oh, that is, that's a hard success. Hard success. All right. Um, So inside, um, you kind of uh, do that classic thing where, you know, you you see the light. And if we're watching this in filmic terms, we can see just kind of the only part of your face that's lit up. Um, We can see kind of like a a dash of the hair, but like not much else. Um, And you just kind of like lean your ear up against the wall. um, And inside... Um, you can hear just kind of like a, a dragging and thump. So you hear like a... Um, that sounds like so- something dragging um, uh, something along the ground. Um, it's making a scraping noise. Um, and then you hear um, a, a sort of uh, oddly oddly gentle voice uh, say, Oh, but, but don't don't worry. Uh, of course, of course, the, the doctor has exactly what will cure you. You you needn't worry about this pain anymore. Um, and uh, that's what you hear. Uh, smash cut to the rest of the party hoofing it up the drive. Um, so, you kids, <laughs> come back here with my spoons. Uh, Benny's like, sir, to be clear, only one of us stole the spoons. I would have purchased them if I had enough money, which I don't because I don't make much. So someone's going to pay for them. Yeah, I keep sprinting ahead because I'm aware that Red will probably, or I guess Tracy, Tracy will have probably just set the spoons down immediately. And we've had this happen before where if Richter gets the spoons first, He'll he will just go back yes. to the store. <laughs> I was so, thinking about that too. So I, I, I'm, like, I'm like, Benny, you better go tell him that you would have bought them. And then I just, you know, you've got to do that. That's how we make sure that we're honest. And then I just go and hide his items. Uh, so that so he really, can't find Benny them. is oddly kind of the face of the group is like, well, listen, Mr. Richter, I want to make sure I would get a fair price for these spoons. Are you sure they're enchanted? Absolutely, Benny. I hold on a second. You've done this to me before, and I pick him up, kind of like just like by the arms, kind of thing, and just like forty degree to put him beside me, and then keep running. Uh, he goes, "Sorry, guys, I got forklifted." Also, forklifts didn't exist back then. I'm sorry. Just uh, equivalent. I don't know, like a fucking stone pulley system. I don't know. Hey, Benny, you were spoon lifted. <laughs> Look out! He's coming, spoon. And Sally's like, I. Oh, if you weren't so lovable, I'd hate you. Uh, and then um, uh, you, you, the three of you book it up. Uh, Benny, I think, is a saunterer. Um, I don't feel like Benny's really like a, a burst-in kind of guy. He's like a, a come-in on just like at your side. If the three of you are poking your heads out, he's the third guy. <laughs> um, lots of enthusiasm, not a ton of courage. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, Addy, you get there first. And sure enough, you see Red, uh, her eyes wide uh, with her ear against uh, the wall, um, Red, what, do you gesture to him? Do you say anything? What do you do? There's somebody inside. How close is Mr. Richter? Because I've got his box of spoons. Um, I feel like Richter isn't as good as... Uh, I think... Here's the thing. You're not... Good. 53. And also, you're... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Addy, Addy is like a, a, a small, timid boy in a giant boy's body. Um, but uh, I think when it comes to the safety of any of your friends or making sure it works, it's a combination of like... Kind of like a Riddler level of frustration at being too smart. Me like, God damn it! This if this doesn't work, then we're fucked. 
as well as just legitimate concern for your friend. So the two of those things combined means you're much faster than old man Richter, who admittedly knows these are bad spoons. He just doesn't want to have to bend more spoons. Yeah. <laughs> this was an exhausting day. All right, I'm holding an old man's chore. I'm starting to buy uh, into my con. I'm like, those are valuable spoons. <laughs> <laughs> so I take up the spoons and I just like put them in my backpack. They're my book bag. Sure. Yes, your be book more bag. particular. <laughs> your satchel. Can, have you seen anything? Can we just go inside? I don't know. It sounds like there might be two people in there. One of them said something about the guy being in pain. Hmm. Sounds like a Frankenstein. Frankenstein is an option. Perhaps lepers. Lepers stay at the edges of town. <laughs> I, I thumb through Grey's Anatomy because it's one of the few diseases that I can remember that's in there for some reason. Um, as you're doing that, um, uh, Sally runs up. Um, and she is like a ghost. Like, uh, Tracy, you look over your shoulder and Sally's just like there. Yeah. And I'm imagining Sally, <laughs> yeah, 100% the correct reaction. I'm imagining Sally as like a, uh, like a grown up Shirley Temple or like a younger, I'm trying to think of like which star it'd be, but like basically like if Elizabeth Olsen was like younger where she's just mm-hmm. like. That kind of like, or um, uh, Luna Lovegood, mm-hmm. like just a really wispy, blonde, like rail thin ghost. So she's just, just like, um, and she's like, okay, so there's two doors. There's one at the back and there's one at the front. The one at the back has a broken lock. The one at the front has a lock, but I think I can get through it. What do you think? I think she's we should already. go with the path of least resistance. Uh, Richter, you show up. <sighs> <sighs> All right, children, very... Very funny games. Um, I would like my box of twisted occult spoons back, please. <laughs> Benny arrives on your heels. Uh, 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 Mr. Richter, we didn't finish our conversation about the rate you would like to charge me for your spoons. And then he winks at Addy, and then he <laughs> winks at Red. And clearly you can see both. It's just him blinking. Uh, I, uh, I threw the spoons in the house. You're going to have to go in the house with us. Yeah, uh, yeah oh no. fine. I- <laughs> but there's... <laughs> Let's go. And I would just motion to the front door. No, there's people in there. We have to be quiet. Let's what? go in through the back door. Um, Tyler, can you roll me in a cult check, please? And here's the thing. This isn't you rolling to know if you have knowledge of anything. This is rolling to see if your interest in the occult overwhelms your frustration <laughs> at these children. If it's successful, you're on board for this being a spooky mystery. It's if pretty it, successful. Let me just If it's a fail, it's you're like, fuck extreme. this noise. Because I feel like... This is starting to sound like a mystery, and that's actually pretty exciting. That's a hard success. Oh, man. No, I mean, you, you've you had this place on your map for a bit. It, it's low on the list, but, like, maybe. Okay. So, so, so right. <laughs> let's just jump back for a second. Of like, yeah, all right. I'll just go in and get some spoons. It's fine. And I start to walk to the door. No, wait. There's somebody in there. And then immediately, like, my whole demeanor changes. Like, but it's supposed to be abandoned. <laughs> I know, but there's a light on, Yay. and there's somebody talking to somebody else. But who could it be? I don't know, but it's spooky. Well, let's go around the back. That's what I said. Here, before we go, why don't we ask the spoons? You said it was a mystery box of asking. It'll give us the information we need. Uh, and I pull it up, and I'm like, who's inside? And I say, lying children. You had the box of spoons the whole time. Give them to me now. No, you need to solve the mystery with us, and then we'll give you the spoons. I, I can bite faster than you can run. I throw the box of spoons through a window into the apothecaries. <laughs> oh my god, you're the smart one. Uh, the dragging thump stops. <laughs> the important thing is we didn't want him to leave. <laughs> we need an adult. Um, in the dark, you can hear from inside, um, so there's sort of like a, a clickety-clacking noise, kind of like, well, okay. Uh, I was going to, to, I told you I had promised... The pain would go away, and I'd, I had some other ideas, but looks like there's some intruders, so this is going to be a little bit faster than than I'd meant. We hear all that? Yep. Oh, well, man. I mean, Red hears it, or sorry, Tracy hears it because her ears against the wall. What do you do? Guys, we have to go in right now. Let's go through the back. And Benny just yells, Mystery Punches! Um, and he uh, <laughs> jumps through the window that the spoons went through. Oh, my God. Um, in a burst of, of rotting boards. Uh, and then... Um, you hear a, what the, and then you hear Benny scream. Benny, and I'm gonna climb in the window after him immediately. Yeah, the rest of you going around the back. This is not a, a good way in. I should add. Yeah, I, like I'm a, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go around the back, but along the way, I yell, Benny, don't touch the leper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which door is closer? Um, they're equidistant. Um, you weren't here when Sally said the front door was locked, so it'd be yeah. up to you. You did say go around the back, though, so I feel like... Okay, I'll go around the back. Also, so here, here's just a thing that I've been thinking about <laughs> when I've been pondering Richter. Um, I feel like you're as much a victim of stories as these guys are, just in a different way. Mm. So, like, the hero always goes in the back. The back door is always what leads to the spooky... Like, front doors never lead anywhere spooky. It's like the back door. So... I think that makes sense that you yeah. would just be inclined, like, dr- like drawn to... I just have the conflict now of, like, a child is in real danger. <laughs> and okay. I'm a grown man who doesn't want to get okay. All right. thrown no. out of town. <laughs> He's the only foreigner yeah. in a small American town with children that are not his. Yeah. And we're at war in with Germany. Abandoned, <laughs> in an abandoned apothecary shop. Um, so just kind of like, playtime is over. <laughs> I need to make sure the child is safe. Okay, then then I think by that logic you'd go in the front door because it's a dramatic like booted open and try and distract. Yeah. Um, so you rush around the front. Uh, the door is locked. Do you try and unlock it or kick it open? Uh, if this is uh, an apothecary, is it like a glass front door? Uh, no, it's 1913. Everything's shitty. Oh, dang. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> then yeah, I will try 15, to like fifteen. Like, Fuck, I got there eventually. Tackle the door numbers. open, like not kick it because I'm not that kind of sure, guy. Just I like can't a, do a full that. body. <laughs> yeah, full I just body walk throw. through an open back door while I hear an old man hitting himself <laughs> against the front. Uh, so I guess roll with strength. So just a straight strength check up here at the top, instead of the hero skills. Uh, well, I don't. I, I can't see a hero skill here that would. There's a cult. I'm pretty good at a cult. <laughs> To open a door? <laughs> Let me have it's this. It's not a spooky no. door. <laughs> are, you gonna, are you going to throw something oh, at the door? No, no, here we go. No, here we go. Okay, okay. no, this is, this is a track. Uh, wait, no, is that track and field or just track? Oh, fuck. That's just know. track like tracking something in the woods. Mm. Maybe just straight strength? Straight strength, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I guess. What's, what's your strength score? Do you have... I was going to say, are you going to throw your uh, whole body against the size? Here, here's the thing. I actually just have skills in front of me, so I'm not sure what your like base attributes are. Uh, my strength is decent. Uh, a oh, regular okay. success you, yes. would be 75. Right, yeah, go for that under. then. Yep. So this is literally like throwing yourself through the front door. That makes sense. Strong man, Richter. So oh, Levels on the Richter scale. <laughs> so 56, so a regular success. Um, so you throw yourself at the door, you feel the, uh, I'll say it, it, it succeeds, um, but because it's only a regular success, uh, the wood breaks, um, as you throw your shoulder into it, but it means that rather than like stumbling through, it's like your whole body comes through, the door comes out of the, the frame, you the crash down. I just ground. go down with the door. Yep. Great. Home Alone um, style. <laughs> so you look up, um, and, uh, you can see, uh, something that's like, like gently horrifying to you. It's, a, it's an old abandoned shop. There's a single lantern. Um, it seems that there's, uh, there's a, a man wearing, um, what looked to be black scrubs. Okay. Um, and a long filthy apron, uh, and he's holding up a staff with a lantern on it. Um, and he appears to be swinging something, um, sort of small and metallic. You can see there's a, a woman tied up, uh, to a chair, uh, who's gagged, uh, who looks, uh, kind of wide eyed in terror and, um, to kind of your, your horror, but also weirdly like gently, your pride, uh, you can see little Benny Jones just kind of like holding his hands up in front of him and the woman as this guy swings the small thing. You, you imagine like a scalpel or something. Jesus. Um, and uh, Benny, you see him get like slashed across the hand uh, and he's screaming, but God bless him. He's still got his hands up uh, and he's still trying to protect her. Dang, Benny. Uh, cut to Addie and Tracy. You're both running around the back? No, or you're going I've gone to the window? the window immediately. So, so um, can you roll me a... Uh, a climb check, please. And Addy, you're running around the back door? Yeah, because I, yep. yeah, I, I'm so big I would not do well if I went I, through a broken I window. I 100% agree oh, with no. you. I just wanted to clarify. I, no, no, no. So, um, I have very high decks, but no climb. So, Tracy, you, <laughs> you, throw, you throw yourself up onto the window. You start trying to climb through. Um, but what Benny has in, in kind of... Uh, sheer enthusiasm uh you as someone actually trying to use skill to do it don't quite have so you kind of get caught on the frame i was gonna say uh, this is like pre bootleg um oh yeah tracy so my mother has forced me to wear a dress yeah you so know? the dress gets tangled i think honestly in terms of like thinking about this of course as 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 part of the, the continuity of your character and like the the history that that informs you uh, the fact that the dress gets caught, the fact that your friend is in danger and you can't get in to save them because you aren't good enough at climbing through a thing. Um, I think this is one of those classic examples of kind of 
the will is there because like you you want to keep everyone safe and you're their leader and you're you're the protector and and you're actually the one who could likely hold their own in this fight right now and the fact that you're literally caught on a ledge is is real real bad you can feel the dress tearing but it's it's just too much fabric um and you you see um Benny duck, um, and then similar to what uh, Richter is seeing, you see Benny kind of get slashed and, and scream. So I'm hanging on to this windowsill uh, with all my strength, and I'm just like, come pick on someone your own size, skeleton! <laughs> I, you just hear Sally running around with these guys going, Skeleton! <laughs> um, and, uh, alright, so, uh, Addie, you and um, Sally, I think, went around the front door to help Richter pick the lock, and then he burst through. So she's around <laughs> with you. Um, Addie, you come around the back door. Uh, it's You can see an old rusted lock that seems to have been recently broken. What do you do? I go through the door. All right, so you boot open the door. Uh, inside, same thing, but from the other perspective, you're kind of right next to the chair. You see Benny kind of... Uh, flailing, you're close-ish to Tracy. You could probably help her through the window if you wanted. Um, you see Richter burst through the door, collapse, and kind of start scrambling to get up. What do you do? Well, I mean, I just saw little Benny get cut, right? Yep. Man, I, I'm like, I hate violence. Uh, and I reach into my bag and I take out Grey's Anatomy because it's the biggest, heaviest thing that I've got. And I just yelled, Volva! And then I run <laughs> forwards and swing it at him. Because I've learned all of my curse words from Grey's Anatomy, and they're just words that I get in trouble for saying around town. <laughs> so I assume that they're all disgusting, sort of like strange texts due to a lack of context. So um, I had to color in all of the pictures of human anatomy uh, because my parents said I got too excited. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, for the purposes of... Um, back in the past without having to like roll up new characters. The way I would suggest is similar to uh, Claire pointing out that at this point in her life, she would be wearing a dress and that would fail, help her fail the, the check. Um, use the stats you've got. Um, it, for example, Ryan, if you wanted to use a strength thing for an intelligence thing, that'd be fine. In this particular instance, I think you can just use strength. Right. Again, you are a big dude. Uh, you're just, you know, Moose from Riverdale, but also uh, not Reggie. Who's the Milton? You're both. And have someone who hasn't watched Archie. Riverdale. No, no. Yes. I mean, in, in the show, they're fucked up. But in the comics, it's a smart guy <laughs> and a show, dumb guy. Fucked up. Uh, yeah, one of them's in a cult, and the the other one has a really nice, uh, lovely gay romance. Anyway, okay. so should I go with like brawl? Do or brawl. What yeah, yeah. Because right? ultimately, this is this is what you'd, you'd be doing. All right. Uh, that is a regular success. Um, so you bash this guy, um, uh, across the face, uh, with the book. I was going to uh, say, what does that book do in terms of damage? Uh, don't worry about the damage. You, right. you bash him across the face. Um, and as you do so, um, the, uh, you, you like clearly just like, it, it's a straight cross book, book to face cross him in the face. Um, as you do so you carry through, um, and the book hits the lantern. Um, and the book bursts into flames, uh, and you kind of let go of it as it flies out of your hands. Um, but, uh, the figure collapses, um, and you can kind of see like, he's got a huge overextended jaw with like a bunch of kind of crooked teeth that you've knocked a few out of, uh, but he's out cold. Um, the scalpel kind of, uh, sort of skitters away into the dark. Um, at, it's at this point as it always is in stories such as this, that uh, Tracy, you finally managed to crawl through um, having torn off the bottom of the dress to make sure that you actually have clearance to get through. Um, you land in a fighting pose only to see that the man on the ground is unconscious. Richter, you kind of get there in time to, to like restrain him. Um, the building is starting to go up, uh, go up in flames. Um, Benny is, is holding his hands, um, but also trying to untie the lady. Sally runs over and helps. Um, and, uh, together, Richter, you kind of handling, um, uh, the doctor, um, all of you kind of get outside as, uh, as the blaze kind of consumes the place. Um, and, uh, you notice that he's wearing kind of a, a black, uh, a hood over his, like just kind of down to his jaw, which again is, is kind of like, he's got a huge underbite. Um, and he's, he's kind of crudely painted, uh, a skeleton, uh, it's like a skull on it. Um, and, uh, I think Tracy, you'd probably do the honors, although you're feeling terrible at this point. Yeah. Um, you, uh, what do you, what do you do? He's, he's Richter's kind of got him. Uh, Richter, I think you're probably a little too shell shocked cause this is the kind of thing that I think kids would deal with very 
well, but as an adult, you'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, like, I'm aware of the ramifications. Like, I'm thinking beyond <laughs> what's going on in the moment. <laughs> You're not the guy going, I wonder what's under that mask. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. uh, Tracy, what do you do? Uh, you said he's painted his face. It's not wearing a mask. He's wearing, right? a, he's wearing like a hood down to kind of his nose with like right. eye holes. Is he still unconscious? Yeah, like he's he's dazed. He's he's kind of drifting in and out. But like Richter has now secured him. Like this isn't right. like a we'll just leave him on the ground and hope it's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna take my stick mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna kind of use the stick to push back the hood. Uh, you push back the hood, and to your shock, you see old man Jenkins, the <laughs> former apothecary <laughs> shop owner. Uh, you, you remember that he closed down after it turned out he was selling uh, uh, miracle tonics that were actually just a mix of like water and, and concrete paste and ripped up newspapers. Um, and uh, you remember that, uh, of course, he was uh, distinctive for the fact that uh, he had a, a botched uh, he, his leg got injured a long time ago and he had a botched surgery. And as a result, um, where his foot should be, he just has a, a nub of bone, uh, which is what you heard him dragging. Uh, and you realize that Dr. Skeleton is, in fact, just old man Jenkins. Uh, and he kind of glowers at all of you and he says, I can't, can't you see she she was hurt in the war and I was going to help her. I was going to make her pain go away. But you all had to stop me. Would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your old German man. Old man Jenkins, you don't cure somebody with a knife. Shows how little you know, little girl. What kind of spooky stuff are you up to? You'll see. You'll all see when they come. And he just starts cackling maniacally. And then I see the blood on little Benny's hand and I faint. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you go down. Uh, I think Richter, like you, you see to uh, the lady, um, and sure enough, she uh, she's a she's a nurse um, who's back, uh, kind of having been badly injured in the war, and you can see that um, part of her face is very very badly damaged and bandaged. Okay. Um, and uh, and she's just kind of crying, saying like he said he could help. This isn't helping. Um, and uh, when you set her free, she kind of agrees to go get the police. Um, You've secured him. He's clearly just kind of laughing maniacally. Um, and as uh, the house burns, um, you see Benny kind of looking looking down at his hand. Um, and uh, Sally kind of rushes over, and she's, like, ripping off uh, part of her, her dress to, like, help bind the wound. And he winces, and he's, he's just kind of, like, looking at his hand with, with tears running down his eyes. Um, and uh, he kind of smiles bravely at, at her and at, at uh, Addie and, and at, at Tracy. And he says, uh, it, it, you know, it really hurts, but I, I think it was worth it. Um, and Sally says, uh, don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. I've got you. I've got you, Benny. We won't let this happen to you again. Right, right guys? Right. You are so brave. I remain unconscious. Um, and... Uh, as the uh, the building burns behind them, uh, with Benny staring his hands, his friends kind of around him, they they go and they start to help like Addy up. Uh, Richter, for for a hot second, you think you can see an eye in the flames, um, but as soon as you see it, it's gone, and thus ended the case of Doctor Skeleton, Ph.D. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Contact Day is in but a few short months, which means it is time to begin preparations for the Bi-Decennial Festival. This year, we are celebrating every single one of you living in my beloved Windfall City. It is not our business to question the Queen's will. It is not our business to do anything but follow it. It is you and your loyalty that has laid the groundwork for this incredible utopian society that we seek for. Do you have any idea what's going on with us? It is the duty of each and every one of you to do everything you can to make the festival a success this year. Are you ready to speak kindly with me now, child? I have no doubt that this year will be one for the history books. And that will be due in no small part to the dedication of my adoring self. Windfall, a dystopian science fiction podcast from Rogue Dialogue.